Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Ping Skills Ask the Coach Show, Episode 5. Again, I've got Alois with me. Welcome, Alois. Hi, Jeff. How are you going? Very good, thanks. And I'm Jeff Plum from pingskills.com. I've got my nice little lower third happening today. Um, we'll work online for Alois tomorrow. All right, Alois, let's get straight into it. First, we've got a question from Stanislav. And Stanislav says, Hi, Jeff and Alois. I often practice to attack backspins with a top spin using a donic robot. But because these exercises, I tear my rubber against the table at least twice a month. What am I doing wrong? Yes, it's a bit of a hazard of uh, practicing topspin against backspin, especially off that ball that's half long or just long off the table. Um, Stanislav, there's no easy answer, but the most important thing is to make sure that you're watching the ball really carefully and really tracking it all the way from when the, um, the robot spits it out or in the case of someone into you um, as soon as they hit the ball. So it's a really a matter of watching that ball carefully, tracking it and following it as it's coming up out off the table and then that way you'll see whether it's short or whether it's long. It's a real judgment um, thing and, and it develops with a lot of, lot of practice and a lot of tracking practice. So seeing that ball more often will help you to start to uh, judge whether that ball is short, long, whether you should just leave it or whether you should push it or whether you should topspin it and making that judgment is really important. So if you can um, get the robot even to just feed some out sometimes and just watch them for one or two minutes. Watch and just see if the ball's coming long or short each time and you know try to get it to um, uh, on the setting where it's just the second bounce is close to the um, end of the table. So that's my best advice, just uh, try to track that ball all the way from the robot or from the other person's bat and just uh, try to do it as much as you can and, and watch and just see whether that ball is coming short or long. Yes, Stanislav, and you're certainly not alone here. I remember when I was a bit younger, I uh, went to play a topspin off a backspin ball but it wasn't my rubber that hit the end of the table, it was my hand and I came up and I clipped the end of the hand and I've still got really faint scars here where um, where I made the contact and there was, there was blood everywhere, we had to get band-aids, it wasn't a pretty sight at all. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, try out those tips from Alloys and see if it helps you out. Okay, now Peter C has a question for us. He says, against binners, oh, binners, against beginners, when I play my full loop, I miss more because it feels like their ball has nothing on it and the ball just flies into space. It's got to the point where unless the player puts a lot of pace or spin, I'm afraid to do a full forehand. So what can Peter do here, Alois? Yeah, so often we, we just see the... Um that the, the slower ball is an easier ball, and, and, and it can be, but you've got to adjust to the pace of that ball. So the ball, because it hasn't been hit with much spin or speed, is going to come through the air slower. It's not going to come through and, and hit into your bat. So you need to make that happen. You need to get that bat coming more forward into the ball to make that contact. So there, you can do it in two ways. One is with just the rotation of your body, 
So rotate and get that bat coming through or just push that bat forward into the stroke so that you can um, make that contact happen a bit better. Remember, because the ball isn't coming fast, because the ball hasn't got much spin, it's going to just sit there. So you need to generate that forward motion with your racket. The other thing is just the mindset as well. So don't just treat it as a, as a simple ball that you should be able to put away. Treat it on its merits, watch the ball carefully, and try to make the best shot you can off that ball. Um, really important to, to come forward and make that contact first, though. Yeah, so there's a couple of things there, isn't there? So he says with the slower ones, they seem to just fly into space. So again, I guess Alice getting that brushing contact also to get the top spin is important? Yes, so if he if the ball's flying off your racket and into space, as you said, um, just generating a little bit more top spin yourself will help to put that ball back onto the table. And it might just be, you know, when, when the ball's coming faster at you, you, you don't have to do much, so you're just taking the time to adjust your angle and you're generating a bit more topspin yourself that way. But when that ball's slower, you tend to just tap at the ball or, or prod at the ball. So, yeah, so make your full stroke, make your proper topspin strokes, and, um, and make sure you're coming forward into the ball. Yeah. Now, the other thing with this question is that I guess when you're practising your topspin, Often it's in a you know a setup environment and you're playing fast top spins and the person's blocking nicely and the ball is, the ball's coming back at similar speeds. So in a game you get these different variations and it's hard. Is there any way in our training that we can practice for these scenarios? Yeah, I think it's important that you know during your training it, it's good to get the rhythmic training as well so that you, you're getting the same ball so you can start to practice your stroke, start to get a bit of rhythm. But it's also important to practice the, the random elements of your training. So get, um, get your partner to block some slower, some faster, a variation of pace and um, also the, the placement of the ball. And by doing that, you're going to start to make the training a little bit more um, match-like and start to be able to adjust to those variations as well. So, so, so spend a bit of time and actually work on that variation of blocking um, from your partner as well. So slower, faster. Great. All right, Peter. So um, hopefully that advice helps you out. Okay, now we have a question from Jigo. And he said, I was bored waiting. So I did some wall practice. So I guess this is where he's um, just hitting the ball up against the wall. Um, he says, it got faster, and after a few minutes, he noticed my eyes were adjusting to the speed. And then when we played table tennis, he got on a winning streak of six matches. So Jigo wants to know what other warm-ups are effective. Yeah, so um, so Jigo was in a in a school situation there. He was he said he was in the corridor at his at his school and just had a little bit of time. And he so he started to hit the ball up against the wall, and that um, somehow uh, worked really well for him, and got him uh, ready to play his his games. You know that can be just a starting to get that hand eye coordination, the tracking um, a little bit quicker. So I used to find that. Uh, before a match, apart from my warm-ups, I used to get the ball and try to roll it from one side to the other. And I found that, because it was a bit challenging for me, 
it started to focus my mind a little bit better and also made sure that my hand was nice and steady and relaxed as well. So that was a warm-up that worked for me. Um, there's lots of other things that you can find for yourself. So it's really important that you experiment a bit with your warming up before a match. So don't just do the same things all the time, especially if you find that you're a slow starter. So try a few different things. Some people like to go for a run. Some people like to just sit and listen to music. Some people like to um, to go out and hit the ball. And as Gigo said, he, he found that hitting the ball up against the wall just sharpened his senses and got him ready. So, um, yeah, so Jeff, anything that you used to find helped you? Um, yeah, sometimes I was a bit of a slow starter. And so I found, like, once I'd played a few matches, I was much better. But I, I generally just liked um, practicing just a short serve and short returns if I could. So if I had a table, then that I found that the best, just practicing short returns and short serves and also the third ball attack. And if I could, if I could get those working well, then I knew I was, I was going to play well. Um, and also I like to be warmed up. So um, before a match, if I couldn't get out of the table, I would try and just run around a bit or do some skipping or something like that just to be, you know, really warm, like physically, before I went on the table. Okay. Good advice there, Jeffrey. Okay. So, yeah, just try out a few things and see what works for you in your warm-ups. Okay, now Tibor has a question for us, and he wants to ask, how can I return a fast top 10 stroke without blocking it? What are the options? Thank you, Tibor. Yeah, so, uh, so there's a couple of options. I mean, blocking is probably the easiest option because um, you're just utilising the pace on the ball already. So the ball's coming at you and you don't have to do very much. You're just going to, to block that ball back. Um, I mean, some other options are to uh, go back and play a counter topspin stroke. Again, a little bit difficult type of stroke to play, but it's a stroke that you can learn. It's a matter of being able to track that ball dipping and make the uh, the counter top spin well. We've got a lesson on that in our strokes and techniques section. Just go to um, top spin to top spin there. And um, another Alois, the more um, advanced players seem to utilize this a lot. Like you see the top Chinese, if they get a top spin to their forehand, they utilize that top spin um, most of the time, or well, a lot of the time anyway. Yeah, they certainly do. It's um, it's a stroke that once you do get um, a little bit better that you almost need to utilise. Um, you find if you get caught blocking, then the other person is just going to keep teeing off with their uh, topspin strokes and you're going to um, be quite defensive for the whole rally. So, yeah, so if you can get to that topspin to topspin um, rally ability, that's the way to go. I mean, but it is a high level, level, isn't it? I mean, that's world-class table tennis where they're we're doing that. At the, at the lower levels in, in local pennant and stuff, the, the block can be effective too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, as I said, it's probably the easiest option and, and the one you should start with. So another option is to go back and, and you can even chop the ball. And again, there's a lesson on that in our strokes and techniques section. There's a lesson on the backhand chop and the forehand chop. Um, again, probably not the first option um, for you because it can be quite difficult to, to get back there and make that dropping stroke. So first up, 
Blocking is your best bet, but if you want to experiment with a few different things, you can try to countertop spin it, chop it, or even go back and maybe lob it back, but that's getting quite defensive and, and really allowing your opponent to uh, to keep maintaining the attack. Well, there's some options for you, Tibor. I hope that helps you out. So that wraps up episode five. A little interesting fact about the number five, that is how many serves each player used to get when Alois and I played table tennis seriously. Anyway, thanks for watching the show. Keep the questions coming. Hey, Jeff, sorry. A bit, bit jealous of this uh, lower third of yours. Um, I think I need to organise one for the next episode. Episode six, I want a lower third. All right, we'll get you a lower third. I think they look good. Okay, well, thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, keep the questions coming, as I said, at www.pingskills.com, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Alois. Catch you next time.